In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast. Every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Triple. And as always, I'm joined on this lovely stream yard by my partner. Hey, what's going on? This is Vincent Williams. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, it is Vincent's selection for this stop on the mission. And boy, he's chosen a good one. It is from that golden <laughs> year of 1989, and it's based on a true story. Yes, it is Morgan Freeman in maybe the biggest year of his career starring mm. in Lean On Me, the story Expeditiously. Of- <laughs> yes yes he is expeditiously <laughs> leading on us uh the story of joe lewis clark the famed or infamous take your pick principal of east side high in the 80s that is what is ahead for you tonight on the Michaud mission but first, as always, we like to thank each and every one of you who takes the time to sit down with Vince and I every Tuesday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern to watch us record our little podcast here on StreamYard, on Facebook, and on YouTube. And shout out to Robert Monroe Jr., Aaron Fry, Juan Blaylock, Bree Bree 517, and Camellia Will 03. How are you doing? Hey, everyone? what's going on, folks? What's up, Vincent? How are you doing, my my friend? I am fine. I am fine. Things are moving apace as they were. How are you? I'm doing quite well myself, uh, my brother. Thank you very much. Before we get into some of the listener mail that we have gotten from um, our missionaries, we wanted to take a moment to uh, note the passing of Indeed, a favorite here on the show mission at the 81 years young Yafit Kodo, the versatile actor who's most famously known for, some would say, his role in Live and Let Die, the James Bond Mm. movie. Some would say for his role in the original Alien movie. Yeah. There are some who know him better as the uh the towering uh force behind the detectives on the venerable homicide life on the streets yes 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 series um you're not gonna mention monkey hustle 
We're not going to say. But here on the Michelle Mission, <laughs> we know Yafi Koto because that man could get down with a monkey hustle. <laughs> he was also Harvard Blue, the upstart pimp. That's right. Truck Turner. That's very true. Very true. Uh, share a couple I was, of I, words I, I, on Yaffe Koto, Vince. Oh, I mean, all jokes aside, look, Yaffe Koto was a great actor. He was a great actor. He was a towering presence in black cinema mm-hmm. for for decades. And all jokes aside, maybe my favorite role that we've talked about him in this show was um, Nothing But a Man. Yeah, yeah. Where where he in which was one of his early roles. But but it was a role that that even yeah, he's a supporting even, role in that. I mean, supporting is very strong. He's in right. maybe three or four scenes cuz remember, but even then we noted the 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 level of sort of grace and nuance mm-hmm. that he showed and all throughout the 70s, like you said, besides the roles that we've joked about, he was he was fantastic in Live and Let Die, a film that I have to say I have batted around over the years whether or not I want to throw it into the arena. Oh, seriously? <laughs> you know, in my heart, I know it's not a black film, but it's sort of like the way they bent James Bond mm-hmm. to try to make a black exploitation film. <laughs> no, they did. I feel like it's worth like like I want to have a conversation about it and a large reason that that film sort of remains interesting was Yafet Koto and then Yafet Koto and Alien one of my favorite science fiction films of all time right and then as you said Homicide Life on the Street so it's it's a real loss it's it's a it's it's a loss it's a shame you know condolences to everyone involved. He always struck, you know, all of his family. He Go always ahead. struck me as the type of brother who beat to the the beat of his own drum, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 sure enough he 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 was. I did not know. I had no reason to know that um in recent years he had been living overseas in the Philippines. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and but when you but when you read that that sounds like Yafikoto. Like I that, guess that, it, <laughs> right, right. You weren't surprised. I wasn't surprised at all. And yeah, he was just chilling yeah. there. He got to a certain age, and he was like, "You know what? I'm just going to go rock out." And uh, right. I ain't mad at him. I ain't yeah. mad at him at, bro- at all, bro. So yeah. um, he yeah. will, he will be missed, but he left um, a a a legacy of roles and performances here on film, on television, and even more on the on the stage uh, he spent a great part of his early career mm-hmm. doing some dynamite work on on stage um actually uh i was just i was reading up on one of his bios and you know people still talk about his early rendition uh in uh work in fences like when he was just coming out so right right man the man was doing doing work six foot three he was he was he, he was, he was you, you mentioned homicide and I was working in Baltimore when homicide was being that's right. filmed. It was because it was filmed and on location. That's right. It was filmed on location in Fells Point was where the police so it was nothing to see the cast 
around town. Mm-hmm. And you would see, like, and I remember running into Andre Brower a few times. Oh, my man. And I remember running into Yafet Koto. Like, he would be around. And he was a, an imposing physical figure. Mm-hmm. Like, he seemed like someone who should have been on stage. And he carried himself like an actor. So, so absolutely. Like, he was all of 6'3 and seemed like he was 6'8. Yeah, for real. For real. Yeah. So uh, we will miss you, uh, Mr. Koto. And, but we yes, will be visiting yes. you on the mission many times. Uh, right, right. Certain. I, I noticed you didn't push back that much on Live and Let Die, so I jotted that down. Well, you know what? When you thought, when you brought that up, I was going to say, I, you know, let them see how the sausage is made. I was going to say, we had talked about once doing a movie, or maybe just every once in a while just throwing a movie out there that falls under the heading invited to the cookout so it's like these films that maybe if you squint could be considered like a black black film living right, like die right. might fit under uh, under that uh heading man right i just think it's hilarious that everyone associated with this show hates that name but you keep using it what invited to the cookout yeah like i've been in no less than three meetings with you with various people associated with the machine we all hate it like every time you say it you say we hate that name but you are committed to that name you know why i think it's actually admirable well here's the reason here's the reason how committed why you are to something that all of us hate. Here's the reason why. Because I'm fine with y'all hating it, but <laughs> until you offer up a replacement, that's going to be the placeholder. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay? So y'all come up with a right. replacement, and I'll take it out, out of its place. But right now, it's the placeholder. So Right, right. Okay. Okay. All now, right, y'all we'll better hurry up. Something. Because better once, hurry- once we do one, and it goes under that heading. It's just in. It's, it's just a, in, It's a rat. Just in, all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> all right. So let's get to some of a, a couple of emails that we received, Vince. Um, okay. Appreciate each and every one of you, ladies and gentlemen, that emails us at mission at gmail dot com. We got an email from Pumpkin Hudson. Hey, Pumpkin Hudson. Uh, who? In my Killmonger voice says, hey, uncles. Okay. All right. Hey, guys. I want to start by saying you two are the movie uncles I never knew existed. I was listening to the uh, listening to the Dells one night and a heart <laughs> is a house for love came on. I began to right. look look for songs by the five heartbeats and came across the podcast i love everything about it y'all's insight on movies keeps me intrigued all the time please continue to keep doing what you are all doing i'm a long-haul trucker and listening to the podcast keeps me entertained sincerely your internet niece pumpkin hudson p.s i'm still working through the podcast if you haven't done a review of it, can y'all please do the ink well? 
Oh, you know I like to ink well. Yeah, you've mentioned that a couple of times. You know I like to ink well. AJ Johnson. (laughs) Uh, Oh, oh, yeah, I like to ink well. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, my dad was a truck driver. So, you know, I have a, a very, very fond... A, a lot of fondness for truck drivers. So. Well, there you go. They, we've got to make pumpkins wish come true. There you go. And and summer is coming. Summer is coming up. Ink, I was going to say that. It's a summer well movie. A summer movie. Summer yeah. movie. All right. All right. Uh, we also got an email from Cynthia McGee. Hey, Cynthia. In regards to the Lovecraft skin tone controversy. Yeah. I listened to your podcast, Pariah. Can't believe viewers would raise a controversy when black actress Kelly Amira had her skin darkened with makeup to be in a photograph. The prop was as a younger image of another black actress whose skin was actually darker. What are we as a community really saying? That dark skin color is substandard? Is my darker skin tone offensive? This hypocrisy exposes the prejudices that still run deep within our people. What's next? Shall we bring back the brown bag test? Hmm. I didn't interpret it like that. Yeah. Like what I interpreted is that the sister didn't want her skin altered. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was fair. But then I didn't understand you don't want to say insignificant, but it seemed like such a small role. Like it's hard to even call it a role because from my understanding, she was in a picture. Yeah. She's only in a picture. She's in not- the past. Yes. Yes. So it and, was almost like a prop. No, it is, it is exactly a prop. And it's not even a picture. If I remember, if it's if it's even shown in focus, it's shown in focus for like a couple of seconds. It's, it's, right. it's, it's no more than that. Which actually got to my thinking of when they're going around looking for someone to to take the picture. You know, the one of the things that people said and if you did look at the actress whom she is supposed to be playing the younger version of there is definitely a similarity in their bone structure that for the picture they probably didn't look but so deep they saw somebody that had like good enough bone structure and they did what they did you know um yeah because i didn't understand why they didn't just get another extra then like if it was that significant yeah but maybe you could say could it get another extra but then like how how hard do you look for someone to be in a picture if you found a black person who's going to who fits the build physically at least bone structure wise to be in this photo that was going to be a black and white photo anyway Right then, it was <laughs> like you not like you never ever want to discount people's discomfort and pain. Right, I, I just well, I'll just leave it like that. Like, like I think it's always good that we talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 I yeah, well, yes. <laughs> 
Bree Bree 517 brings up something. I don't know if you're aware of this, Vince. Uh, she writes that people are not okay with blackface, even if done by another black person. It's weird, even when both Beyonce and Nicki Minaj have it done during some magazine shoots. Um, right. I didn't know what I don't know whether or not they've had it done in magazine shoots. No, no, they've they've been. I know I don't know about Nicki Minaj, but I remember Beyonce had a well a photo shoot and shoot and they kind of well darkened her skin. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, I I I I have no problem with people being hardliners about it. Mm-hmm. And and I'd rather err on the side of. Well, let's find someone else. Let's do something different than than deal with this. Okay, Vince, Podglomerate has a new podcast debuting, Green Eggs and Dan. Oh. Because everyone eats. Yes. Uh, I think their mission is to tell you what the food in your refrigerator says about you. Interesting. I don't know if they want to look at the food in my refrigerator. I have to say, what's in your refrigerator? I just threw out four-week-old cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was good cheesecake at one time. Um, but but not four weeks later. But but four weeks later, it was pretty much, it was a mercy killing. Right, 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 right. You know? um, but this, what do you have in your, if we were to look into your refrigerator, Vince, what would we? A surprising amount of cauliflower cauliflower yes cauliflower rice mashed cauliflower i eat a surprising amount of cauliflower what did that say about you i don't know but i'm sure dan could tell us i'm sure comedian dan adut could tell us on green eggs and dan a new show on Podglomerate where dan will talk with comedians writers actors and even chefs about what they love most guess what that is vince food Ding, 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 circle gets the square. <laughs> the conversation starts by delving deep into the natural picture of the guest refrigerator, and then it goes from there. They're actually going to be looking at people's refrigerator vents. Wow. That's um, that's boldly going where... That's very bold. No one has gone before. <laughs> Check out Green Eggs and Dan on the Podglomerate and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe, listen, join the conversation. That was our emails, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Like I said, everyone, if you have a thought, your comments, all of your emails are greatly appreciated and always welcome. You can email us at mission at gmail.com. It is very, very appreciated. Um, Hey, Vincent. Yes, sir. It's that time of year again, my friend. It is the time for the 2021 Oscar nominations. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Quite a showing. How about that, man? Yeah. Quite a showing for the brothers and sisters. As as, as Issa Rae would famously say, I'm rooting for everybody black. <laughs> Very true, very true. But there've been, a, but even then, there's been some interesting storylines to come out of the Oscar nominations. Um, for Best Picture, you know, yes, the 
trial of the chicago seven nomad land um the father there's quite a few films um that have been nominated as well as judas and the black messiah yes has been nominated um which you've seen it have you i have not seen seen it it. i still and and again just full disclosure i i just i can't it look i understand like they murdered that man in the bed next to his pregnant wife i understand and i just can't right so but i've heard nothing but good things about it it's yeah i it is it's a great film and i'm i'm very happy to see that it has been nominated for best picture um surprised to see however and i will forever be surprised to see this when a film is nominated for best picture yet the director in this case right. shaka king is right. not nominated for best director right i mean we can name the times so yeah. before this i think it was argo mhm which was a mess like there was a whole mess around that mhm you know my favorite example you know my favorite example of this what's your favorite example of it driving miss daisy and then there was a fourth film that that I forgot, but it's always like this is when you, you know this is when you kind of sort of see, frankly, the politics of the Oscars. I know. See, they did this whole thing a few years ago when they opened up the Best Picture nomination to bring it. So it's now instead of like five or six films, it's like eight or ten films that get nominated for right. Best Picture, and that's fine if you're going to do that but to me if you're going to do that then the at least the best director category should all also be expanded exactly exactly these films don't make themselves right and everyone like anyone who pays attention to this type of thing at all understands what's happening Mm mm-hmm like who are you like 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 in my mind this is a we don't want you negroes out in the street hashtagging us right type of a deal so let's throw them a bone well it's that is that too and it's also to be honest them trying to get butts in the seats by well at first opening it up to more uh right popular films right um, right it, 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 it and I don't know how successful that is, especially in this year where everything was almost streaming. You know? I was about exactly, exactly. And again, you know, I'm just going to stay on this. Y'all was just causing a ruckus over the Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So you know, um, nominated, but, but I'm happy for it. I'm happy for it. I'm. Gonna say, we've been saying. I said. I look. I look. I. I'm happy when these people get any acclaim they get. Nominated for their roles in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, both Chadwick mm-hmm. Boseman and Viola Davis secured Oscar yeah. nominated. Now, you've seen that film, because I haven't seen yes, that Yes, I film. did. Yes, sir. Uh, Chadwick Boseman was great. Yeah? Yeah? Maybe his best role. Wow. Just as just acting. Like, I haven't seen everything that he's been in, mm-hmm. but I've seen... Uh, 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 of, of the bulk of it 
and and he's very good. And Viola Davis is a beast. Yeah, that's what I. That's the, as much as people have been heralding Chad with Bozeman, That's the name I keep hearing coming out of. Uh, she she Miley. is extraordinary. Yeah. She is extraordinary. Yeah. Um. Now, Chad, so very happy for both of them. I'm very happy for both of them. I'm also happy for uh, Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal and Steven Yoon for Minari. Both of them mm-hmm. were nominated for Best Actor. The first time that two actors of Asian descent have been mm-hmm. nominated uh, for a Best Actor award. And Riz Ahmed is the first Muslim actor, I believe, to first Muslim male actor to be nominated. Uh, Wait. No, he's not. Our boy no, wasn't not. nominated for best. I, yeah, I thought. Um, no, he no, he's not the first Muslim. He's not the first Muslim. Yeah, but um, this is the first time that two Asians have been nominated. Right. Nominated. What's? How did I just forget his name? I don't know who you're thinking about. Uh, 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 Moonlight. Uh, uh, Mahershala uh, Ali. Yeah, Mahershala Ali. I thought was the first Muslim. Yes. Yeah. That's why. I, that's why I yeah. corrected. He probably wasn't. First okay. Muslim. Yeah. All right. Um. So that's pretty cool. Now. The controversy comes in. Um, well, well. First of all, right. before I get there, Viola Davis was nominated, like I said, for Best Actress for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Andra Day was nominated mm-hmm. for The United States versus Billie Holiday. I'm happy to see that. I haven't seen the movie yet, but I've heard good things about that film. Heard good things. I've heard good things. Um, the controversy, Vince, comes. Mm-hmm with the best supporting actor category. <laughs> yes. 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 Where alongside Paul Racy for Sound of Metal, Sasha Baron Cohen for the trial of the Chicago Seven, uh, and Leslie Odom Jr. plucked from the cast of One Night in Man- Miami to receive a nomination. Both Lakeith Stanfield <laughs> And Daniel Kaluuya have secured Best Supporting Actor nominations. So, who's the lead actor? I believe the lead actor is Judas. As in Judas <laughs> and the Black Messiah, the film for which they are nominated. Now, I haven't seen it, so I can't, but but I don't, I don't understand how both of them are supporting actors in the film that I don't know anyone else who was in it more than them. No, no. And you can argue, there's an argument to be made about who has more screen time uh, in the film. I mean, it's almost one of those, do you remember, um, you remember Who Freed Roger Rabbit? And there's a famous scene in Who Freed Roger Rabbit when Ben Hoskins is falling out of the sky uh, and he is surrounded by both Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse, and yes, they fall purposefully so that each of them has equal screen time on screen because that's how their contracts were. Um, that is almost <laughs> how Lakeith Stanfield and Daniel Kaluuya are in this movie. Now, for what I Wait, before you go any further, you know my favorite version of that story? What? In their contracts, Vin Diesel, I believe Oh, it's Vin Diesel and The Rock. Yes. 
but it might be The Rock and Jason. No, it's Vin Diesel. It's Vin Vin Diesel and The Rock. Well, actually, to be fair, Vin Diesel and The Rock had some stuff in their contract. But now that I think about it, you're you're right. Vin D, I mean, The Rock and Jason Statham did have right. something have in, their in contract. their contract that they would each that neither one would get punched more than the other one yes yes <laughs> yes and hobbs and uh shaw yes and hobbs and shaw <laughs> yes that so. is that is very true that is very true or or another version of this we could go down a rabbit hole. We could go. Yes. We, could, we could go through the black hole to the Star Trek universe, where William Shatner used to count that's his right. lines versus that's right. Nimoy's lines. That's said, right. Oh, no, this script that's, won't work. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Or, and I've heard various versions of this. Vivian Vance had to always be thirty pounds heavier. Than Lucille Ball. Yeah. See now, I've heard. See, I've heard ver- various versions of that, and I've heard that from Lucille Ball and from friends of Lucille Ball that that wasn't necessarily true. But it, what it was true was that Vivian Vance could not look better than Lucille Ball. Right. But what I've always heard from the Vivian Vance camp that the better was quantified. <laughs> By her being 30 pounds heavier than Lucille Ball at all times. I don't know about that. But anyway, the the story between Lakeith Stanfield and Daniel Kaluuya's this situation is that the the people who um, vote, and basically it's the actors and all of the professionals in Mm -hmm. Hollywood that vote, is that both of them secured enough nominations in the best supporting character actor slot for to be to gain consideration so it's it's almost like some people considered daniel the lead and lakeith the the supporting and vice versa um and thus that's where they landed the problem with this is that (laughs) all of this could have been sorted out if warner brothers the right. people behind the film had just taken a stand and backed one or the other in each slot that they chose. And I have a funny feeling that, you know, just going on, going on, having watched the film, I think, and, and they're both kind of like, they're, they're both like title because one is the Judas and one is the Black Messiah. But I think that I honestly think that an argument could be made that Lakeith Stanfield is the lead in the film because his story is the is the propelling force of the of the movie for the most part. But Daniel Kaluuya is so good, like I wouldn't have been mad with him as a lead. Sure. But at the end of the but, day, it comes down to Warner Brothers making this making the decision. Exactly. The, the the bottom line is the studio didn't support the film in a way mm-hmm. to give guidance to the voters. Much right. like Miramax years ago told the voters John Travolta is the best actor. 
in Pulp Fiction. That's right. Samuel L. Jackson is the supporting actor. That's right. Vote accordingly. That's right. That's right. It all comes down to how how their marketing, their marketing will tell you. If you don't have any guidance, then, you know. Right. This is what you get. Uh, So. But again, regardless, I hope they like I, I like I hope it's a tie and they both win and they go up and they hold it together and like join hands like the Wonder Twins. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I wouldn't be mad at that. <laughs> right. I wouldn't be mad at that at all. Um and they both deserve it. They both deserve it. That is a, it, it's a phenomenal movie. Um, so that's our little look through the Oscar nominations. I was also, real quick, I was also very happy to see that um, Trent Reznor and John Patiste and Atticus Ross were nominated for Best Original Score for Pixar's mm-hmm. Soul. The music was great. The music. Yeah, was- the music was great. Yeah, well-deserved. Well-deserved. So I, I you there. saw Spike Lee is the first black president of Cannes. Of the Cannes Film Festival. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. So. That's pretty cool. Shout out to Spike. Spike doing big things. Spike doing things. You know, well, That's right. Well, Spike is happy right now because his, his New York Knicks are, are a very relevant team in the NBA. So Spike, Spike is riding high a little bit right Well, now. good for all of you all in successful sports ball. Yay our team. Boo their team. Did I follow any sports events? No? Well. Until until they take my advice that I've been giving all of the various sporting events that periodically they release bees <laughs> just to make it more interesting. <laughs> it doesn't hold my attention. Think how much more fun a football game would be if just periodically they release bees. <laughs> it's just a swarm. Just 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 a just a swarm of bees periodically. <laughs> just bottom of the seventh. This is seventh inning chances. Oh, and here come the bees. Here come the bees. Bees are sponsored by Ballpark Franks. (laughs) Ballpark Franks. The Franks that plump when you cook them. It's so random. Oh, Sanderson's having an allergic reaction. (laughs) That doesn't bode well for the Braves. Um, Fatima, how you doing, Fatima? She also mentions how Delroy Lindo was snubbed for his role oh. in um, the Five Bloods. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I thought he. I think he, I think Delroy Lindo is definitely the best part of that film. I think he is hurt, unfortunately, and this and and this may just be me. That I think the film is a little long and yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't know how 
accessible. It, it, it's just, it was just something about the film just, just left me cold. He's good, but I think there's just too much film there. And I think that may have hurt him a little bit. Are you saying that to say maybe the voters didn't watch it? I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm -hmm. I mean, you watch that movie, you get an hour in and Delroy Lindo was good, but he doesn't really start cooking until the second half, you know, right, right. Or the middle. (laughs) This movie's got, it's, it's right. It's long. I mean, to follow that line of logic, was the Irishman. Irishman wasn't nominated. Well, yeah, the Irishman was 2020. And that wasn't nominated. Was that and but I mean it was a Netflix film though. Was it still like like was it eligible? Yeah, a lot of dude, a lot of these movies okay. are, yeah, are Netflix yeah. and and I think the Irishman had good performances, but my god, you had to slog through the thing to get to it. The Irishman was yes, it was it was it was long. It had good performances, but I don't think it, any of those performances were like even close to the top 20 of those performers career. Like, I don't think that's... No, 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 absolutely not. I'm just saying when we talk about people who get nominated for things mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and, and, and the process right. of nominating, you know, people have to watch that's the true. projects. Right, right, right. And sometimes if, and, if it's too long, then yeah. Right, mm-hmm. right. And whether we're talking about films being inaccessible because of lack of support, whether we're talking about, like we've always talked about, the demographics of the voters. Yeah. They just aren't interested. Mm-hmm. Or whether we're talking about the length. And, and and I think it is fair to say that as much as Spike Lee is, is a bit of a critical darling, certainly in the last five or six years, like I think, I, I think the industry has really shined on Spike Lee. It was a long film. Yeah, yeah. And so, at times you know, a little Sp- self-indulgent, or at least came I out mean, that way. Look, again, once you get to the heights of whether we're talking about Spike Lee or in the case of the Irishman, Martin Scorsese. Exactly. You know, you know what I say. Thing. Like, at this point, who's going to tell Scorsese or, or Ron Howard or Chris Nolan or, or Spike, Spike Lee. Lee? Like, who's going to tell them this needs an edit? Right. Right. Like, who tells them that? Right. So, you know. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay. All right. That is our trek around the Oscars, ladies and gentlemen. That's our trek around... Um, I shouldn't mention, in regards to The Five Bloods, at least people watched the movie enough to realize that it had a good score and Terrence Blanchard was nominated for Best Original Score as well. So. Terrence Blanchard can't go wrong. There you go. Can't I, go wrong. I'll still be rooting for Soul, but I'm glad that that got a nomination. Yeah. All right. So it is. I believe it is time. Yes, it is time because Miss Makiba has shown up. She was late, but she's shown up. Hey, Miss Makiba, we see you. We were <laughs> yeah. waiting for you. We weren't going to do the review without you, Miss Makiba. So you're here, slitting there like Eddie Kane Jr. at the beginning of the Five Heartbeats. <laughs> So she's here, and she's here just in time for us to get into our review of Lean On Me. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages.
a chance for us to make some changes. Go in and see if we can turn this thing around. I mean, nobody else wants a job. East Side High was out of control, and then Joe Clark took over. Take out your pencils and write. I want the name. Every hoodlum, drug dealer, and miscreant on my desk by noon today. They called him crazy. They used to call me crazy, Joe. Well, now they can call me Batman. Crazy for padlocking the doors. You know me 30 years. You know what I would do. Crazy for changing the rules. I want all of you to look at this slovenly, sloppy boy here as an example of how not to dress. But Joe Clark was only crazy about one thing, the kids he cared about. You mess up just once, and you're out of here. I'll help you carry on. You are here for one reason, one reason only. To learn. Morgan Freeman stars in the true story of Joe Clark. My motto is simple. If you do not succeed in life, I don't want you to blame the white man. I want you to blame yourself. From the director of Rocky and the Karate Kid. Welcome to the new Eastside High. Lean on me. Lean on me. 1989. American biographical drama written by Michael Schiffer, directed by John Avelson and starring Morgan Freeman. The film is based on the story of Joe Clark, a real life inner city high school principal in Patterson, New Jersey, whose school is being in danger of being placed into receivership in New Jersey. The film title refers to the 1972 Bill Withers name, a song of the same same name and stars Beverly Todd, Robert Guillaume, Lynn Thickpin, and Vincent's selection for this stop on the Michaud mission. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together as <clears throat> I ask Vincent Williams, what say ye of Lean On Me? I think Lean On Me is a film that is like several films we've discussed since we've been together that you can talk about it in two ways. Okay. One way I'm not that interested in, you know, you just have to do it this way. And then the other way is much more interesting to me as a subject. Okay. First way as a film, what, what can you really say about lean on me? This is, this is rock solid blue chip, Hollywood filmmanship. As you said, it's directed by John Abelson. John Abelson is a very, very well-known, well-established director at this point. Most famous for Rocky. That's right. You know, directed Rocky, directed The Karate Kid. This this is a blue chip, very mature, very, again, very well-regarded director. Mm -hmm. The story is a type of story that Hollywood has been making as far back as maybe, you know, good, goodbye, Mr. Chips. Certainly on this show, we've been talking about this type of film since um, To Serve With Love. Mm -hmm. You have a school, you have some students that aren't doing that well or just out of sorts. You have an educator that comes in and they journey together 
to a fruitful partnership and he becomes more than a teacher. He becomes a friend and a mentor. Stories very much by the numbers. You know where it's going immediately. Again, and in the sure hands of a director like Avildsen, it is there are no twists and turns. Right. Acting wise, there there are some there's some good there are some good performances in here. I've always been a fan of uh Karen Karen um Melina White. Karen yeah. Melina White, who I mean, quite honestly, doesn't really have a lot of different characterization. Like everything she's in, she sort of plays the same character. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the Cosby Show, whether it's Malcolm and Eddie, whether it's all of the places that she has shown up through her career, but I like that character. Yeah, yeah. Like she has one speed, but I really like that speed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lynn Thigpen who plays the character that is the most interesting to me, Mm. I think is a really good actress. And I always think about her in that generation with like Madge Sinclair or uh, Mary Alice. Like, like I like her. And, and frankly, this character is a bit one note. Yeah. But, but she brings something to it. Robert Guillaume, this might be my favorite Robert Guillaume performance. Mm-hmm. And Robert Guillaume and Morgan Freeman together are are fantastic. And yes. I wish I wish they would have just worked together mm-hmm. and done mm-hmm. more work together. Morgan Freeman, you want to say that Morgan Freeman eats every piece of scenery in this film? But if you've ever seen an interview with Joe Clark. <laughs> Like, this is what Joe Clark was like. Mm-hmm. And Morgan Freeman attacks this role with zeal. Yeah. So yeah. that you can't help but be swept along with it. So, rock solid movie. But I am mostly interested in this film, as as I am, and we are. I'll, I'll just bring you into this part of it. We are interested in the films that came out in 1989. Right. As a snapshot of the culture at this really turbulent moment Mm -hmm. in history, in black history, in American history, and to really situate, I I just, just very quickly, I want to talk about black conservatives in black America. Not a sociologist, not a political theorist, but I've been black my whole life, and I reads. By my read there are three types of black conservatives you have the modern black conservative and these are the 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 folks you see on like fox television and you know they're clowns and whores like they're just you you know they just parrot what they hear and Mm. and frankly they're just there to say all the wild shit that kind of modern conservatives say but when it comes out of a black mouth people feel better about hearing it. Yeah, yeah. And they're there to talk about what black people do wrong and black people culture and this, that, and the other. And the irony is they don't actually mess with black people. Nope. Like any of these black conservatives you see on like Fox in these places don't actually rock with black people. 
And you can always tell it's it's like a running joke. Like Key and Peele had a skit. Like their hair is always jacked up. <laughs> like the brothers' haircuts are all look like they go to hair cuttery. The sisters' hairs all mess up. Like they also go to hair cuttery. And it's because they don't go to black people to do their hair. Because they don't really mess with black people. So they are insignificant okay. to this conversation. Okay. You've got what I call the true believers. And these are black conservatives who think that the system works. Mm. And when there's an issue, it's because of a bad actor. Okay. Okay. So these are these are the folks that that talk about bad apples with the police department. These are the folks that believe in racist, but they think that they're they're not symptomatic of a system. Mm. And quite honestly, a lot of it is kind of misunderstandings. And if we all just talk to each other, we could come to a better conclusion. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like these folks. Like, you you know, like you you never want to kick somebody who's an optimist. You never want to look down on somebody who believes in the best in folks. You and I actually have a mutual friend who I group with this group. Oh, really? That is like, we do. It's like, look, I believe in people. I believe, like, if we can just talk to one another, we could work it out. And then we have the third group, which I like to call pragmatic black conservatives. And these are the black people who know that the system is rigged. Mm -hmm. They know the system is rigged. They know everything is working against us. But they are not overly concerned with fixing it, like dismantling it, like 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 if you know if those of us who are progressives and there's sort of a scale of 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 it needs to be fixed or or altered, and then some people just want to tear the whole thing down and rebuild it, right? And rebuild it. The people I'm talking about would rather spend their time just being faster, again. smarter, stronger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The system is rigged. But if you work hard enough, you can navigate it. Mm. If you are a black person and you can say this statement along with me, you were raised by a pragmatic black conservative or you were exposed to them. Say it along with me, missionaries. When you are black, you have to work twice as hard to get half as much. If you've ever heard that, okay, that in my mind is a pragmatic black conservative viewpoint. Mm. It is an acknowledgement that the system is rigged. I have no real interest in fighting the system, but I'm going to give you a directive on how to get around it or how to work it. And in my mind, that is the vast majority of black baby boomers. Okay. Okay. And older and a fair amount of black folks younger than baby boomers. Like I said, a lot of us were raised by these people, were around these people, and you know, the younger we get, the more kind of splinters. And this film is like their manifesto. Ah. Like this film and Joe Clark like this legend of Joe Clark, because there are significant differences between Joe Clark 
in reality and Joe Clark in Lean on Me. Mm -hmm. This is like catnip to this group of people. And they said at that time, and you can, a lot of, a lot of older black folks say this now, what these schools need is for somebody to go in there and take control and, and, and teach these kids some discipline and some respect. And they need to pull their pants up and concentrate on school and leave the drugs alone. And these girls need to close their legs and stop getting pregnant. Cause sidebar, the gender politics in this thing yeah. are bananas. Yeah. Yeah. Are absolutely That's very bananas. True. Very true. These girls got, need to stop getting pregnant mm-hmm. and having these babies. And the problem with these people is that they don't have no fathers and no strong male presence. And if these men would go in there, because Joe Clark got to be a man. Yeah. And if they go in there and take control of this situation, we can fix all of it. And it can be fixed. And to me, again, as a snapshot of the mm-hmm. culture in 1989, much like I feel like driving Miss Daisy is a snapshot of what a certain type of white person wanted America to be and maybe wants to go back to those good old days. Lean on me is a snapshot of what a lot of black people think America should be as well. Like we can fix this if these men and these, if we go in there and, and it's crazy. Like this is the first film that I remember seeing where the teachers were the bad guys. Like, like the first couple of minutes of this film, the teachers union are the bad guys. And, and Lynn Thickpin plays this sort of Lex Luthor level welfare mother. Yeah, yeah. Who her kid is terrible. Like, her kid is bad enough that he's been kicked out of school. Mm -hmm. But she still is evil enough that she can work against Joe Clark to get him fired. Right. With the school board. You've got these craven white politicians. And everyone is working against Robert Guillaume and Morgan Freeman. And they are these noble black men trying to do what's right for these kids. And if you just let them do what they want to do and what is right for these kids, then God damn it, they can pass the test. That's the part that's really interesting to me. Plus, plus, at one point, he tell, he asked Sam, does he do crack? Don't you do crack? And Sam's is a recreational crack user, which is hilarious to me. <laughs> I've never heard of a recreational crack user, but apparently that, that was Sam's thing. Sam's like to smoke a little crack periodically. Well, it, admittedly, this was, you know, the crack epidemic was becoming what it would become at this time so we didn't know the ins and out of crack you did i mean you know it was still working its way we were learning how devastating crack was going to be to our um 
to our to our culture, our our society, our gen, uh, and a generation of, mm-hmm. of of black people. Um, it's interesting. The first thing I thought of when watching this film, you know, when it opens up and you see the dissolve from 1967 East Side High School to 1987 East Side High School, <laughs> which literally in this one corridor of the hallway looks like the entire set of Escape from New York. It just... There was a part of me that wanted to say, wow, it wasn't that bad, was it? But then I went into my mental <laughs> wayback machine and realized that 1987, I had just graduated from high school. And yes, there were some high schools in Philadelphia that could have easily fit the bill of that East Side High School um hallway now i don't remember too many times the students just picking on the teacher to the extent they just got him hemmed up in a corner and just flicking his tie in his face i don't remember that happening but eh, you know movies it's heightened realism um so that's the first thing that hit me i was like yo wow damn that 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 was real that was real um I like your your viewpoint on the film, uh, especially looking at this is a film that I think people it's one of those films that when you think back to it, you're like, yeah, I really like that movie. Like, you know, because Mm -hmm. it was and you and if you just read the tagline of the story of Joe Clark, you know, this this. this braggadocious, you know, militaristic principal that just takes this high school by swarm with his his bullhorn and his bat and just changes the whole school. You're thinking like, yeah, fuck yeah, Joe Clark, you know, crazy Joe. Um, and you and you're thinking back on the movie and you're like, yeah, I remember liking that movie, and yeah, that was something that had to happen. But then, when you really sit back and rewatch this film, and you realize that oh, he was crazy, he mm-hmm. was straight nuts. He, I mean, don't get me wrong, his heart was in this right place. This was not a man that did not want to do good, but this right. was a man of a certain age a man of a certain time and that when you look back at it and see exactly how much he just runs uh rush shot over not just the students and and not just the bad students because the the thing is is that he kicks the bad students out of the school so then if you're thinking the rest of the way in the film because we've seen these films before then the fight is going to be to keep the bad ones out or to maybe reclimate 
a few of them. But no, Joe then turns his tirades onto the rest of the students who are there wanting to do to learn and to the teachers who are there, <laughs> most of them wanting to do their job. Now, there are some that he rightfully calls out, you know, when he gets on the music teacher about teaching a Mozart and he's like, are you serious? You teaching a Mozart so that you can take your school, this these kids to New York so that you can build up your resume? You're like, what are they going to, what are they going to do with that? What it, learning how to sing Mozart is not instilling any type of true cultural uh, resonance with the music in them. They're just learning how to pronounce the freaking song. So mm -hmm. it, it, she, she wasn't really teaching them music and she wasn't teaching them uh, an, an appreciation for music. And so that's why I didn't mind when he got on her and her butt and said that she had to go. But by the seventh or eighth time, he's coming <laughs> at the vice principal's neck. And all she is, all, all you ever see her doing is wanting to help either the students, the teachers, or Joe get the job done. Yeah. And, and about the, like, after coming at her neck like seven or eight times, I'm like, God damn, Joe, like, dog, like, you you're you're kind of like waiting for the worm to turn on at least in that and that doesn't happen until like the last half hour of the movie really so you're like yo what the, what the hell's going on i remember loving this movie like everyone else returning to it i found myself gaining a kick out of the film again because like you said it is you know it, it is a very well-made film, right? Um, it's a story we've told, we've seen a thousand times. A lot of the characters are one one note. The Lynn Thickpen character, as good as she is in this, this film, you would have loved for them, I'm watching it now, and I would have loved for there to just be even one line where, she's, mm -hmm. where she at least shows you know some thought about her child that got kicked out of the school because we don't even what? know which child of hers is, is the one that got kicked out there's no mention of it at all I'm trying to let you finish but you know my whole Lynn her character does not make sense it doesn't make any sense it doesn't because a parent as involved as she is like a parent who is going to the meetings and can get on the school board mm -hmm. and get votes from the school board and get meetings with the with, mayor? With the mayor sitting there alone with the mayor? A parent that involved, their kid is okay. Yes. yes. Like their kid is not the one really cutting up. Like, not for nothing. You and I both know, and we've play played the public school game enough. A parent that involved and that savvy and that connected, their kid doesn't go to Eastside High. Very true. Very true. Very true. So you can't have it both ways. Like, 
you got these bad kids, quote unquote, mm-hmm. you throw them out. You can't have a parent who then, again, is friggin' friggin' Carcetti car from The Wire. Right, right. Working in Manute. Like, that parent's kid is not adrift. Yes. Or if that parent's kid is adrift, then that parent is with the kid. Or at least is mentioning the kid. Look, look, look again. I'm not saying that parent doesn't have a kid who's a behavior problem. Right, right. But that parent is not going to show up at that meeting where the kid got kicked out. No, no. Like that parent has been involved all along. Right, right. But for this film to work, you have to have this evil welfare mother. Mm-hmm. But it's got to be a movie welfare mother who has this ridiculous amount of agency and movement. Right. right. So again, she's able, I'm like, she is maneuvering the school board president, the fire chief, and the mayor all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. It, it but makes- I'm so- I am fascinated by her character. Like, in my mind, her character is just as insane of a fictional creation as anyone in Driving Miss Daisy. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, I, I give I see you. I can see that. I can see that correlation. I can see that correlation. Um, I'm fascinated by her. And like I said, the Lynn Thick pen, you know, because of who she is and because of her acting, you know pedigree she she brings you know gravitas to the role mm-hmm. with what she is yeah. given so you know good on her but it is very one note but you shouldn't be surprised by that because honestly the only character in here because even joe clark is very one note because when he oh yeah because when he does ultimately change over it's so subtle that you could blink and miss it because he's back to being crazy Joe not soon after so you don't really well now they call him Batman now they call him Batman and but here's the thing and the other thing about the crazy Joe persona he's shown as one one note throughout the whole film except Mm -hmm one time and i'm not even talking about the time when he ultimately like half nods an apology to the vice principal from the stage from 20 feet of freaking freaking way the only time he really ever shows any type of other color to his psyche to his personality is when he warms to the the new school music teacher because right. she changed the the uh, the alma mater, the song. Right, and she says like, and he gives her a attaboy because you've written our new school song, and that's the maybe the only time he smiles genuinely in the movie, and right, and it's the only time that he is gracious in the movie. Right. True, like truly gracious of his own accord, not being moved to it at all, just shows that this is within him, right? And there's so many other opportunities for him to 
do that. And yet this movie just it 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 fumbles though. It, I don't want to say it fumbles. It just does it doesn't go there for sake of just keeping him as one note crazy Joe right. throughout the film. And it does that f- for everybody. Robert Guillaume who was great in this movie. I I, I love the scene. I, I could watch on loop the scene where he tells Morgan Freeman off about who is truly the head nigga in charge. Says, Look. Now come on, let's go get something to eat. Ever. That's now, like one let's of my, go fa- get to eat. my fun, favorite scenes. I loved it because, because it was one, it was two actors just going tete-a-tete back yes. and forth to, with one another. And it was two two uh, officials, you know, hashing shit out back and forth at one another. And at the same time, it was two friends never losing exactly. sight of their friendship. Exactly. You, know? you actually got a sense of the history between them. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's it, it, it's it's a it's a great scene. Yeah, it took you all the way back to their Afro wigs in the beginning of the film. So, <laughs> so, but the only other person who's allowed to show even a little bit of color in in this film, uh, and Fatima uh, in the in the chat kind of mentions it, Michael Beach as mm-hmm. Mr. Darnell, who yes, yes, Fatima, he still looks good. Thank you. Um, but his his character is allowed to show at least a little bit of range, you know? Yeah, he, oh yeah. Because Joe shits on him. Why? Because the team wasn't good. Um, so he, he sits him down as a football coach. Football coach. And then he he just rails on him for absolutely no reason about um you know he dropping a paper during during a well uh, in a, he a lacks cafeteria. discipline. He lacks discipline. I'm telling you, the gender read of this film is insane. This is a film about these black men mm. dominating each other. Oh. Look, the subtext becomes the text. Robert Guillaume says in that great scene, you want to talk about discipline where you damn near, damn, you, you got to take some. That's right. Because as as look, it's the it's the best scene in the movie. I'm the head nigga in charge. That's right. That's right. And this is about these men imposing order. Mm-hmm. Because that's what these people need. And again, you and I are old enough. How how many years have we heard this kind of language? This type of Again, men standing up and being men. Men, you know, got to be the head of the families. Men got to do all this. And the women in this film, you've got his vice president who you said he he is he's just abusive to her. Yeah. Pretty much the whole film, but her role is to support him and to take it. And when he snapped, when she snaps, like you said, he kind of pats her on the head and said, "No good job." And, and let's, get some, teacher, let's get some props to the, to the actress Beverly Todd in that role. Be- Beverly Todd in a thankless role, frankly. Yes. For for an actress as good as she is, the music teacher is uh, look. She is 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 sexless. She is sort of overweight. Like she's almost this maternal figure. Mm. 
And then you've got Lynn Thickpen as this bitch. And all of it really works in a very specific way. Mm-hmm. Again, he's got two, he's got two separate scenes where he talks to girls about having babies. Yeah. Which is really which really it's crazy. Like when when um when um Kishana has gets pregnant and she tells him that the you know the president Kanisha. of the student body is Kanisha. Kanisha, the president of the student body is the is the father. It's like she doesn't even say that part. I he know. goes right to when are you, you girls girl. gonna learn? Yeah. You just yeah. bring these babies in the in the world. Just although I will say this, something I noticed today. Did you notice he was talking to her about getting an abortion? Oh, I did. Because 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 right I've after that, never picked that up before today. Because right after that, he says, "Well, you know, let me sit down with you, your mom, and, and your me, mo- right, and we'll figure out." Right, because you have options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the end, when she graduates, I couldn't quite figure out the um. They don't show the chronology. Like I don't know if she would have been showing or not, but she certainly graduated, mm-hmm. and she certainly like like she wasn't showing if she was still pregnant. Right. But I was like, well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So it's like men even need to be a part of this yeah yeah like like you need you like you all need guidance you need this strong hand to kind of guide you into the decisions you have to make which i don't know if there's sidebar or not but you know um damn i just forgot his name what's the basketball player the, the basketball player everybody loves but then everybody also hates but we love him because his boys are in charge of his business. Oh, Lamar. Oh, uh, not Lamar. Um, uh, 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 Mello. Um, no, not Mello. Um, no, his, his, his last name is Mello. I know who you're talking about. This is the, the, the his, oh, his shit. His Lynn, you're the sports ball dude. He's like the greatest basketball player of all time. You're talking about LeBron and James. Say, LeBron James. Oh, his you know boys. LeBron James. You, you said company. boys. I thought you were talking about like his sons. So that's why. Well, no, no. LeBron James Company. Remember, they they bought the rights to this story, and they were talking about making a television show out of this. That's right. And yeah, nobody this. and nobody nibbled. But yeah. I saw today that they changed the story, and they wanted to make the Joe Clark character a woman. They did. I, I saw that. Yeah. And I would argue that that's part of the reason that it didn't go forward. Because, again, this is a very specific type of story. Mm. And the kind of people who gravitate to this story like that image. They they, they like this symbolism of these men. Mm. Sort of, again, it's discipline. It's order. And this was the Joe Clark thing. And, and, you know, just to kind of bring in the actual Joe Clark a bit, they have Lynn Thickpin say it, but since she's the villain, we're supposed to discount it. His critics always said he was more interested in discipline than actual education. And the only reason he was allowed to get away with this is because it was poor black and brown kids. That's true. Like he couldn't, he couldn't do this crazy shit with white people. No. 
But you know, you throw them in there and have, and not for nothing, regardless of what the movie says, it didn't really work. The yeah, state within ended two up years, taking over this because the test didn't substantially rise. Right. So, you, right, all you had was all this aggression mm-hmm. that they allowed to run rampant because it's black and brown kids. But again, it's one of these. It's it's one of these stories that I think aligns in a couple of different ways. Like just to bring in another '80s text that continually fascinates me. Like it's kind of like the Cosby Show brought together black people and white people. Like mm-hmm. black people like the image of it, mm-hmm. and white people liked it because this was like, well, if the Huxtables can do it, y'all can do it. Right. So it kind of let them off the hook. This was the same way where it's like these kids are and they talk. I mean, you you know, I I think the script is better than I think it is the more I think about because there are moments in the script and they say in the script, these kids are savages. They just need him to go in there and, you know, basically keep the zoo from going crazy. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. you had a lot of black people that were like these kids need somebody to go in there and take control and shake them up. The script and right, I don't the, want the script is not a bad script. The, the, it just lacks it, it it lacks a little bit of nuance. It lacks another another point of view. It it the it, whole thing lacks nuance. Yeah. Like yeah. the whole thing lacks nuance. Like this is not like poverty is not something you can beat out of somebody. Right, right. This is John Avelson taking his his aesthetic from Rocky, which, in his defense, won the Academy Award for Best Picture, and and it's a great movie, and and <laughs> and uh, applying that to you know the school system. So it's 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 basically you know subplant. You could take Sylvester Stallone as Joe Clark, and and Eastside High is Apollo Creed. And that's basically what this movie. I mean, that's how one note I find this movie to be a little bit. That 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 being said, and even your your the lens through which you you view the film. That being said, I still come out on the other side, even today enjoying the movie more than I did mm-hmm. not. I still found, I, I, I still found myself like, you know, um, I don't necessarily want to say that I was rooting for Joe Clark, but I was entertained by what was happening. I certainly wanted, like I said, I, I certainly would love for more nuance, but just looking at the the film, celebrating, watching the film for what it is, for what it is presenting on the screen, watching Morgan Freeman. We mentioned like, this was probably like one of the best years of his career because Mm -hmm. he, he, in this year, he also uh, stars, uh, well, is a supporting actor and uh, wins the supporting actor um, Oscar for glory um mm-hmm. and he is the lead as we mentioned in driving miss daisy in, mm-hmm. in 1989 as well i can almost see morgan freeman using this film as 
kind of like a little bit of a uh, palate cleanser and just having a ball just, you know, like speechifying all over the place, swinging to talking to this bullhorn, just like big HNIC, you know, throughout the whole place, you know, walking around and, you know, he's he's walking around and like, you know, he's got nice suits, you know, having fun with Robert Guillaume. He's having fun in this film, Robert Guillaume. It was a pleasure to see him going too soon. Yeah. See Robert Guillaume. It's, it's a shame that he did not do more movie roles. It's such a such a graceful yeah. actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't think the women are given much to do, like you said. But it's always a pleasure to see Lynn Thickpen, um, Beverly Todd, Michael, a very young Michael Beach. This is very early oh, yeah. in his career. Um, and you also also mentioned, sure, she plays the the same role in a lot of movies. But this is where Karen Molina White got her start. And and yeah. God bless her. <laughs> like like you said, I like myself some Karen Clark. And Fatima yeah. mentions, hey, f- friend to the Michelle Mission and the Black Tribbles, Tony Todd, just sitting Tony there being Todd. all his Toddness in the back. You know, yes, he is. So, yes, yes. God bless. Not man. not keeping the fire chief out so that the fire chief caught him with the chains on the door though. Well, he couldn't be every place at one time, you know, and yeah, you know, th- th- and he was at the doors when you know, you know. To me, I don't know why when he heard that the fire chief got past the gate, he didn't just start go running around unlocking the doors and trying to call Joe on a walkie-talkie instead of trying to find Joe, you know. Or, or you just told me that you're gonna get on the intercom and say code ten. So just say code ten. Just say code 10. All the teachers got keys to the locks. We just established that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Like, like I said, I, I, I think about this film a lot, frankly, like, like, like the films from this year, like we should probably mention our other big films from this year are Harlem nights and, um, do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. So again, this is this is quite the year. But just as a film, like I said, this this is this is blue chip filmmaking. Like mm-hmm. this is solid, solid filmmaking, and and it is quite entertaining. Yeah, it is quite entertaining. Like like if you don't if you don't drift towards thinking about some of the <laughs> the issues, which is difficult to do. Very true. Very true. But Especially- if you can manage it. Yeah, like I said, I think the gender politics in this thing are are crazy, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's it is very entertaining. Um, one of my favorite Morgan Freeman performances. Yeah, like just his pure performance. Yeah, and like I said, he's having a ball. So I also want to shout out the, the uh, Regina Taylor who plays uh, uh, Kanisha's mother. In this, in this film. Yes. 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 She's she, an actress. She's though. quite blubbery. <laughs> I like seeing... I love her. I love her. I said, ooh, this, you are quite blubbery right now. I like Regina Taylor. I, I always enjoy I do her. too. I do too, but this, this, <laughs> this, this is a role right here. Leave her alone. <laughs> so Vincent, would you recommend that people 
Oh, come on. Lean on me. You got to watch Lean on Me. You got to know Lean on Me. Like I said, this is this is part of the fabric of black film. Mm-hmm. And again, I think this is an absolute snapshot and manifesto of, frankly, an entire generation of black yeah. people. You know, yeah. another version of this film that they made that you and I talked about last year? A piece of the action. Oh, that yeah. half of a piece of the action where Sidney Portier is in the classroom. And if you'll remember, we said this that was the beginning of the baby boomers sort of getting kind of conservative. Yeah, yeah. And and starting with the y'all need to pull your pants up. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like in between um Uptown Saturday night and let's do it again they all kind of got into their thirties and bought houses. And now we're going to cut our hair. Y'all need to cut your hair and pull your pants up. And this is 20 years later. That's true. Very true. So yeah, you, yeah, you absolutely have to watch lean on me and you, I would recommend that people watch lean on me. Uh, I would, it is a very entertaining film. Uh, it is a film that while, uh, it shows its age, I'll say that. Mm. Uh, I still think for for the most part, it is an entertaining film. And politics aside, there are still some things to be gleaned uh, from this movie. But since we have reviewed the film, I now have reached a point where I can share the nit that I picked the most about Lean On Me. What is your nit? And please pick said knit i will pick this knit and it is the film lean on me which it says on wikipedia and it says every place that you go that this film title refers to the 1972 bill withers song of the same name which is not played one time in this film now that wouldn't be so <laughs> egregious. Oh, they just took the title of the film. That's fine. They just, they didn't play the play the the song. That's fine. But no, the song is played in in the movie, but it is not performed by Bill Withers. No, 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 no. That no. couldn't. That wouldn't happen. Lean on me. In the movie Lean on Me is played orchestrally by Club Nouveau and sung by Thelma Houston and used as the uh, building blocks for Rap Summary by Big Daddy Kane, but it is not played at all in the film that shares its title. Yeah, but they play the Club Nouveau one. You can walk to it. You can walk it out. You can walk it out. Walk it out. Nobody wants to look. At least once you want to hear, hear Still Bill, Still Bill's version of Lean on Me. The historic 
1972 version. If you don't play it at the be- at the opening, you figure they're going to play it at the ending credits. Hey, hey, it's 1989. It's new and hip. What's new and hip about Thelma Houston? <laughs> you know what was funny about Thelma Houston's version? Speaking of old episodes, <laughs> When Thelma Houston sings it, it's sort of like um, I said about black people singing You Got a Friend, mm. and they're always singing about Jesus. Why Thelma Houston turned Lean On Me into a song about Jesus? I know. See? She saw adding lyrics. She said, I'm a provider you can look to. I said, is she talking about Jesus? Yes, she's talking about Jesus. Lean On Me about Jesus. I said, boy, I love, boy, we'll turn anything into about Jesus. So that is my knit that I picked. That's your knit? That's my I knit. reject your knit. I reject your knit because I what? love the Club Nouveau version. Oh, are you serious? I do. That 80s... How do you not love the Club Nouveau version? Because it's so 80s synthetic beats. And... Ah, ugh, it's it's Club Nouveau. No, no, no. I'll t- you know why that's their name? You know why that's their name? Because Timex Social Club broke up for some reason. And then they had to reform... And it was the new Timex Social Club, and they shortened it basically, and it's Club Nouveau. And that's your random 80s music factoid. Thank you. Brought to you by bees. It's bees! (laughs) (laughs) Just periodically, you release some bees. Think how much more interesting basketball would be (laughs) if periodically... They just released some bees. Anyway. You would be on the edge of your seat the whole game. When yeah, are they going to release the bees? <laughs> sick. You're sick. Yeah, yeah. During playoffs, they would release two sets of bees. Two sets of bees? Right. You don't know when. Maybe halftime. Anyway, Vince. (laughs) Before we tell you, you know, speaking of Yafet Kodo. (laughs) I'm joking about the bees, but quietly, the running man ruined sports for me. The running man ruined sports for me because I said, unless sports are going to be as exciting as the running man, I want nothing. I mean, it's just not going to hold my attention. Well, have you have you never seen Rollerball? I I saw Rollerball. I saw Rollerball. I didn't make the connection to Rollerball with sports, though. Okay. I don't know why. Because I thought, well, because I thought rollerball was kind of like wrestling and it was fake. Mm. Mm. Which sidebar, can I just tell you what the joy in my house, I know we're all over the place now. You want to know what has brought me so much joy over the past three weeks? (laughs) What? My daughter is watching Young Rock, the rock show about his childhood. Oh, that's right. I forgot that that came on. And I'm regaling her with stories of 80s wrestling. Okay. 
And I'm just having a good time talking about 80s wrestling. You know, Superfly, Snooker, and Andre the Giant, and were you a Junkyard big, Dog. I, and, think, I did not know this about you. Were you a big 80s wrestling guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah? It was fantastic. I was. So, so the 80s wrestling. So you gave it up in, like, the 90s. I drifted off. Like, I always say, when Hulk Hogan wasn't the champ anymore, I, I, was, I had drifted off. Okay. Okay. But that whole kind of WWF golden age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Highly entertaining. It was. I was a wrestling guy in that time. I, I probably stayed through to the 90s and then left. But yeah. Yeah, yeah I was a wrestling guy. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. So that's Running it. Man, wrestling. What was it? Death Race 3000? Yeah. How is football going to hold my attention? That you obviously haven't ever seen any given Sunday. <laughs> right, right, right. There you go. That's what you need to watch. There you go. Any given Sunday. Or The Longest Yard. Watch The or Longest the... Yard. With oh, I actually Reynolds. love The I love the Longest Yard, but yeah. football isn't as interesting as The Longest Yard. Yeah, but it's it's football. Well, anyway, we're all, all over right. the place. We gotta keep... We're all over the place. We've unraveled here at the end. You brought bees back up, though. <laughs> like, you brought up bees. And this is what bees do. They just create chaos. <laughs> Which is why they should release them periodically during games. Just because you would just because you're not paying attention. We're paying attention to the game, Vincent. We are already entertained. Okay? Alright? So if you want to put a, a bees screensaver on your screen while you're watching the game, go right ahead. Don't interrupt us. You know, I'm just saying having us taking Benadryl shots because you want to have bees just flying all over the damn place. I just want to watch LeBron James and Kyrie Irving play. Imagine how much more interesting would be if one of them had to give hit another one with the EpiPen. It'd be jump balls for the EpiPen. Right. His throat is closing. Somebody get an EpiPen. <laughs> Time out. <laughs> anyway, um, what the hell? Yes, yes, um, yes. <laughs> if you like, if you like to follow this this insanity, ladies and gentlemen, please uh, subscribe. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Subscribe on Facebook. Find us at Michelle Mission at your favorite social media uh you can visit to me show mission.com two men one podcast every black film ever made uh you can become a subscriber to the Michelle mission dispatch our weekly newsletter to find out what's going on on the mission and you can go to hit swag on our website to check out all of our beautiful designs that are available for your buying pleasure to keep our show free they're all brought to you um by my designing hand and our good friends at t public the michelle mission is a proud member of the podglomerate the podglomerate pod uh, dot com curated podcast for your earbuds uh let's see oh and just one last little time let me let you know that the black triples are doing what are we doing we are doing a 
Oh, that's not what I wanted to do. I'm sorry. Here we go. I hit the wrong thing. My bad. We, the Black Tribbles, are doing the world record longest podcast April 16th through the 18th, 2021 here in Philadelphia. Um, you can support the Black Tribbles world record longest live podcast on Kickstarter. Appreciate you. Anything that you can do, uh, ladies and gents. Next week here on the mission, it is my turn and I am returning yes, to the filmography of one D Rez. Is it Rez or Rez? Fantastic. I think it's Rez. Yeah, D D's Rez. And we will be watching from 2017 Mudbound. Uh her the follow-up. I believe it was mm -hmm. her feature film follow-up to pariah uh can't wait to check that out i've heard i've actually never seen the film um and mm. i've heard nothing but good things uh including the performance by david oyelio in there mm. and one mary j blige so the queen so i'm speaking of bees this is the queen <laughs> yes yes so we're, we're i'm looking forward to that next week here on the Michaud mission, ladies and gentlemen. Until then, we hope each and every one of you out there are safe and well. We are all of your families and your friends. He's Vince. I'm Len. And in parting, we say, we'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again. <laughs>